Welcome to the Recruitment Mentors podcast. My name is Hisham Azuz, and this is a, another edition of our graduate entry-level focused podcast series where we're sitting down with recruiters who may have recently graduated or are early on in their recruitment career to sort of uncover, one, how they're thriving in their uh, first couple of years, um, what challenges they're working through, and most importantly, to find out what advice they can give all of you listening who may be also early on in your recruitment career or at least considering a career in recruitment. So I'm really excited to be joined by a man today. So a man, before we get started, if you could introduce yourself, let everyone know who you are for those that may not know who you are and uh, we'll get into it. Sure. So I graduated in 2019 from Aston. Ironically, I did a placement year in recruitment before, so was well versed to the to the sort of place, the industry. Um, and now I'm at Interest Group, which we're a cloud data Microsoft firm in, you know, operating in Europe and America. And I've been there for around six months now as a consultant. So, yeah, pretty excited to speak to you today. I love that. So let's unpack this then. So you did a placement year in recruitment. Like, so did you want to, did you want to get into recruitment? Yeah, so kind of. It was more like administration recruitment. So the okay. university would advertise free jobs and we would say to the people, you know, the, the students advertise this, speak to the clients and say, look, we've placed this job here. How many people have we placed? Then we'd have to collate a lot of reports, talk right. to these clients on a day-to-day basis. Not like the hardcore sales that this is, but it's sort of that 10% of the job. So that's kind of what intrigued me. Yeah, yeah, fair. So, like, obviously, when you graduated then, like, talk to me about, was it recruitment that you set out to get into? Was it an accident? Like, what? how did that happen? 100% wanted to get into it because of this placement. I typed in a, I was doing my placement, I loved it, and I typed in a job similar to this. I didn't really know anything at that time, I'll be honest with you. Sure. And then I saw 100 grand a year, all that stuff that they (laughs) say. Um, I, I like that part, but I also like the part of speaking with candidates, speaking with clients and having a busy life. Um, and then, yeah, pretty much when I graduated, I was doing, in the middle of my exams. I did three days at my previous company of like assessment days and got the yeah. job before I graduated. So started pretty much instantly after. Love that. Yeah. So what, I, what I'd love to hear from you then is like what, what skills or experience do you think has recruitment given you that maybe you least expected? I think, you know, people talk about the resiliency and hard work, but for me, it's that sort of commercial business acumen. You know, you're not just someone who finds a CV and places them, but you're speaking to people about their needs, challenges. You understand the wider business. So it really gives you that business perspective more than anything. And Mm. I really like that facet. I think that's the most underrated trait that comes out of recruitment rather than just saying, here's a CV, let's place it. Yeah, yeah, I love that. So talk to us a bit more about that, because I know when we sort of prepared for this, that was something that you think, like, if I'm listening to this right now, if you can actually, yeah, make the time and space to really understand how you can cultivate that commercial acumen and that that sort of business understanding. Like, why why do you think that's underrated or why do you think that's important out of interest? Yeah, so I'll I'll give you an example. I'm speaking to a lot of C-suite from, you know, these Fortune 500 companies in America. You know, they're famous in their own world. What you've got to be able to do is relate to these people like you're speaking to them as if you're one of them. If you can't relate to them, how can you have the conversation to uncover their pain, 
under, uncover their needs. You've kind of sometimes got to go to these guys and say, you know, you're in this space. Here's the problem. Here's the issue. Um, and tell them what's wrong. And they, they really appreciate that because it shows you're sort of on their level rather than that sort of subordinate to client perspective. I think it shows that you can be a value add. And that's the part I really like the most is not controlling. That's the wrong word, but speaking to people like you're on the same level, you know, yeah. that's, that's kind of why. And how, how can, how can people go about cultivating that early on then? Is that, is that something that you've really tried to learn in your own time or like, how have you got better at, yeah, I guess working on that commercial muscle? Cause clearly there would have been a bit of learning there. Oh, 100%. no, great question. I think where you learn that is the reading outside the books the looking, looking at the news, you know, for example, during coronavirus, we, we made a tactic and I made a tactic to only go at companies that would be busy during this time, the logistics, the pharma, rather mm. than going for companies that maybe have probably, how do I put it? Um, yeah, had a had, difficult time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of where it comes from. And then you understand the pain from one client. And you know that another client's going through the same issue. So you take that to them and almost yeah, tell that. them that that's your mistake. So that's that commercial side. I think that's really underrated because how can you let people buy into you if you don't know anything about their world? Yeah, honestly, I love the fact that this is your mindset towards like, it's so easy at the beginning of your career just to think about like, I'm, I'm helping this person get a job or like, and you're already thinking about the, the whole picture and yeah. understanding, like you said, what these people's pains are and obviously having the right people in the right seats or you getting them the right people uh, is obviously part of that solution, but you're already thinking about the bigger picture, which yeah. I, I absolutely love that. Um, talk to me about, I, I think people would be interested. A lot of people early on can sometimes obviously be quite, fearful of speaking to people that may be uh older than them more experienced than them bit of imposter syndrome like oh who am i to like it seems like you're really quite confident in talking to these people right and i think some people in your shoes uh may feel like oh wow i'm speaking to these c-suite level people like and i'm obviously only graduating in 2019 I haven't, I haven't got anywhere near as much experience as them like how have you dealt with that of interest has that been an issue how have you overcome it if someone is listening to this that maybe is a bit feeling fearing from that a bit of imposter syndrome like oh maybe i'm not too experienced to speak i don't know what how what's been your journey with that you know it's been tough right at the start as everyone does you see that client on the pedestal and you can speak to candidates like like for for days but i've actually found that it swung the other pendulum what what has happened for me is i realized that on the business side i've done this before I, i can speak to these guys i've got people in my family who are in the business side as well so I'll speak to these guys and say, look, what are your challenges? What are your issues? Take that to the client itself. And they will pretty much agree. I think regardless of whatever level you are in management, you have the same issues in terms of um, challenges with hiring, challenges with with business. And the pendulum for me is swing. So I used to put candidates on that. um, I used to speak to candidates for days. You know, I could talk to them forever. But now it's more shifting towards the client side because I'm in a technical field now. Sometimes I don't get Mm. that stuff. So I can yeah. easily relate to these guys because I've done business. I read the books that they do. It's really immersing yourself in that world. But that's something I enjoy. I think you've got to in- inherently enjoy speaking about this stuff rather than forcing it. Yeah, fair enough. Interesting. So what 
what have been some of your obviously we all i'm sure you would have heard it but a lot of people could sort of articulate that the first year in recruitment first two years in recruitment are bloody difficult maybe yeah. the most difficult parts of your working career if you end up working in recruitment for the long haul like what what have been some of the challenges that you've had to be that you've had to work through so far first is the mindset and getting into what not only from working hard but making your life catered towards that i think you've got to have a lot of sacrifices i didn't necessarily huh? understand that at the start i was with a lot of high performing people in another in my old company and i was just thinking how do i get there i'm miles away so it's really about stripping it back for me looking at sort of the basics whether that's you know the eating right i'm starting to get there now i'm not perfect um the exercise and then it all follows into place i think you've got to immerse yourself in this life rather than sort of taking it as a nine to five that's my honest opinion for the first mm. year at least just to build your ground but it has been tough in terms of that first year a lot of challenges when i did that recruitment placement year it was nothing to like and i came in to my first place thinking i know this all i did really well in my placement and then it was a different world the leads the the reference calls everything there's so much that you need to think about so strip it back keep it simple and then the rest will follow that's how i look at it yeah okay interesting so i guess what 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 advice would you give to yourself if you were just graduating again entering recruitment for the first time knowing what you know now out of interest keep it simple um i used to really go the complicated way thinking in my head look i need to do this 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 every day i was thinking of innovative ways that probably didn't work but i thought would have worked but just keep the basics and the rest will follow that's how i look at it and because otherwise you can end up working out too much, working too much and not getting any results, which is what I found in my first place. I was really burnt out towards the end of it. I wasn't seeing really? much results. And yeah, and then really when I started here, it's following the basics and the rest is again follows. I keep on saying yeah. that, but it's true. Yeah, yeah. Talk to me about, because I think that is definitely one of the challenges, I think, especially for people early on in their recruitment career can burn out. Or like just because there's just so much you can do. You want to prove people right, that you, prove people that you can do it. Like obviously, like you said, towards the end there, you're maybe feeling a bit burnt out and these sorts of things. So what things have you done now then to avoid that? Have you, so it seems like obviously you, you're thinking about the whole picture. So instead of just putting all your energy into work, you're thinking about, yeah, what you're putting into your body. You're trying to make space for exercise. Like you're trying to obviously obviously the, the the sort of holistic thing rather than just putting it into work like yeah. i don't know what if, if someone maybe is feeling a bit like wow i'm literally just absolutely working my socks off at the moment i don't know how much longer i can i can do this for like what would you say to them this podcast is proudly partnered with Sourcebreaker. today i just want to share with you a story every single quarter Sourcebreaker run competitions for the best recruitment story. Sometimes that's with the Sourcebreaker tool, sometimes it's without. But I'm gonna tell you about a very quick placement story that a recruiter shared with them that won the competition and it involved, very much involved, using the Sourcebreaker tool. So here it is. I had two urgent finance analyst roles for part of a huge media group. I booked interview slots in within two working days and I had to find candidates to fill quickly. I've used Sourcebreaker with Reed many times for good candidates, but due to the level and how specific the search was, I chose to try out the Sourcebreaker extension with LinkedIn Recruiter to narrow down companies and people. 
speed was off the essence and they also had to go out to one other agency. The precision of the source of the source breaker tool search allowed them allowed me to find a great list of candidates and find one who was exactly what the client needed, a like for like hire. This candidate was the first choice and immediately offered one of the roles. Having gone from sourcing stage to offer in less than four working days, and the cherry on the top is that my competitor agency got in touch with the exact same candidate about the role just as she received the offer. They were too late to the party. What a great feeling. The fee was £7,560, and the magic of the source breaker tool allowed them to even stretch that initial budget an extra two grand, equaling them, equaling me even more money. This is definitely testament to the accuracy of source breaker candidate searches. Speed definitely won me, uh, won me the placement. Happy client, happy candidate, happy consultant. If you want to be able to share stories like that, check the link in the show notes. Because you listen to this podcast, you get exclusive savings on this tool that will save you time. It will make you money. Go and check it out. I'd say, look, strip it back a bit. You've got your work day. Focus on work then completely 100%. Do the basics in that particular time, i.e. the calls, the admin, um, the, the LinkedIn piece, uh, for example, like yourself, you promote. Do all that within your work day. And then the rest of the day, focus on other areas that will tailor to the work. So again, I'm not perfect at this, I'll be honest with you, but the exercising, the eating healthy, that all feeds into um, your work. It sort of prepares your mind, but really don't spend 100%, like you said, in work. Focus on other yeah. areas and the rest will follow, but really do immerse yourself into that work as well. You know, you've got to. Yeah, so, okay, cool, interesting. So what, what advice, so like if I'm listening to this right now and I'm, like I might've just graduated. Um, I might come across some jobs on about recruitment, might have piqued my interest. Like what, what advice would you give me if I was just starting out? What into, into an interview or recruitment itself? Well, I'll definitely get some, your thoughts on like the interview tips, but I guess like if I, if I'm someone, so let me reframe that. So like if I'm someone that has uh, landed a recruitment job and I start tomorrow, like what? What would you say to me if me and you were down the pub, and I was like, "Mate, I'm just I'm about to start recruitment, like you did, like yeah. no more, no, yeah." What What would you say to me? Yeah, don't chat shit. A lot of the time, I think is one <laughs> people. Yeah. people go people go in. They think that their their next month is going to be the biggest month. They think that they're going to do X, Y, Z. Just focus on your work. Um, learn every day, even outside of work. Learn whether that's not recruitment, but the business side that I mentioned, the mindset. Think about all of these things because eventually they all add up into a bubble and that sort of compound effect comes and then it all, when you least expect it, it's like a bus coming three times and you only get, you know, it, when you've been waiting for ages, it will all follow into place. But really focus on your craft first, focus on the basics, um, whether that's the candidate stuff, getting candidate information out of candidates, build up your client spread and then eventually from there, it will all follow. I promise that. It, it's happened to me. Yeah, Okay. Talk to me about because I, I remember seeing your videos and and stuff on on LinkedIn. Like how like what about obviously there'll be a lot of people uh, graduating. There'll be a lot of people obviously on the job market trying to enter work for this uh, for the um, first time. Obviously it's super competitive. So like 
what what advice would you give to people to like stand out amongst their peers and amongst other graduates that might be trying to get into the recruitment industry and be applying for the same jobs? Yeah, this is my for- I think this is my forte here. Like I said, I used to do the LinkedIn videos. It doesn't quite fit in with the brand I'm in now in tech. But yeah. really what the focus is right now, I'd say in terms of interviews and standing out, all you need to do, I think people would neglect this, but research the company that you're interviewing like crazy. If you want yeah. to go into a company and you really like it, all I say is look at three different facts about the company that you would have to dig deep in on the internet. Explain this in the interview that you know this and ask questions around it. Get the interviewer talking more. In the interview, what you want to do, in my opinion, is look at it as 60% these guys talking and 40% you. You want to get yeah. them talking. You want to get them selling the role back to you. Inadvertently, you learn more when they talk to you as well. You can then play off the fact of what they talk to you about and sell against that, if that makes sense. I don't know yeah, how, yeah. how to word that, but you can sort of tailor your answers to what they say. But really go in with a mindset to learn in an interview, and then you can tailor your questions. But really go in with facts that you know that not many other people would know, and really just go in confident. You know, it, it's only a conversation. Look at it as you're having a chat between me and you today. This is not a person like a client to a candidate, subordinate level. This is a peer-to-peer. Yeah. They want you as well. It's a hard market out there to find talent. People are gearing for talent now in recruitment and it, it's tough. So you can easily stand out. And then talk to me about, because I know we spoke about this, like what about, so obviously the, the company it was at before, it was a different market. So yeah. like, yeah, yeah. So like talk to me about what about, like what about thinking about what market I should go into or I don't know what what's been what's obviously I know that you're in in the market that you're in now, but I guess did you spend much time thinking about the type of industry that you wanted to recruit in? What what was your journey with that? This podcast is proudly partnered with Vincere, who are more than just a recruitment CRM. They're the ultimate recruitment operating system for your front, middle, and back office. Today, I want to tell you about one of the brand new exciting features that came out in Vincere's latest release. It's their new faceted search. What the hell does that mean? Well, firstly, no other recruitment CRM has this operational functionality uh, in the market. So basically, faceted search is a technique that augments the traditional search with a faceted navigation system. So all of you will be able to narrow down search results by applying multiple filters, helping you filter and refine your candidates to get specific matches. Searches are going to be a lot more cleaner, easier, and faster. And you're going to be able to see all of the results with these searches, more in-depth searches in real time. You're on the phone to a client who says, I need this, this, and this. You can put in those filters and you can see in real time who's available, who's not available, what type of, uh, the number of people that might be available, etc. So that's what I want to tell you about today. But as always, look, I can tell you all about this fantastic product, but who better to tell you about this amazing all-in-one operating system for your recruitment business than Vincere's actual customers. So here's another very happy customer. He's going to tell you why they love Vincere. So my favorite weapon on Vinny is without doubt the ability as an owner of a business and a manager for a very quick snapshot of the business to see how many interviews, what first interviews, what second interviews and what offers 
you've got as a business at any one time and actually which are pending action on that. So it's a really, really helpful tool to click in, discuss with your consultants, with the team, where they're at with those particular interviews and offers and try and push things forward. How did I feel before Vinchera? Um, I was a bullhorn, a bullhorn client and I felt like a number and someone had paid invoice at the end of the month. So essentially their customer service is literally second to none and you are listened to, you are treated with respect and care and we simply didn't get that with Bullhorn previously. So um, yeah, massive, massive advocate and fantastic customer service. First, uh, first sort of when I joined, I was looking at professional services. I didn't want to do any sort of warehousing, construction, yeah, yeah, yeah. that kind of stuff. That just wasn't myself. Like so you, I said, so I like you knew that? Yeah. yeah. So I did finance. I, you know, I looked at the Robert Half company. It's huge, right? Everyone knows that. Yeah. That core ladder. Um, it wasn't quite for me in the end. I just feel like it's very bureaucratic. Um, the commission's not very good. Um, there's not much say. Um, but the finance market itself is good. But then what I saw was obviously the tech market itself. There's so many different areas of tech that you can sort of double down in one area, one niche. And there's so much more money to be made because we're only at the start of it. So I chose that one for the money aspect, but two, because the guys in these fields, they have a lot of power in terms of the business. So speak to these guys and you can unlock doors like no mo tomorrow because you look at one vertical of tech, they could be hiring 200 people, but overall they could be hiring thousands. So it's the money aspect, but also that business to relationship aspect. Well, if I, if I would say, if you're going through recruitment and you want to have that sort of relationship with a client look at the professional services don't look at the constructions the warehouse unless you have the, the passion for that but if you want to make serious money look at the professional services 100 percent. and what about what are your thoughts on like being in a space that you're per, like personally interested passionate about is that something that has helped you that you thought about do you think that's something people should be thinking about yeah 100%. i think that is a key like when i was doing finance i actually did an element of finance in my degree. I did a business degree, so there was elements of finance. So I understand these guys, and I was kind of recruiting for people I graduated with, with which was crazy. So it was kind of like talking with friends. That's a hundred percent a factor, you know. Have an interest. Like I'll, I'll give you an example right now. I, I'm in tech. I don't have a hundred percent passion for it, but when I'm speaking with clients, they're talking a lot about business, and that's a mm. conversation I could talk to them for an hour, an hour and a half. I enjoy it, but okay. I couldn't have that conversation if I was in looking at high volume, I don't know, but, uh, retail or yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, warehouse. Okay. So is, is is recruitment really as intense as everyone say, says it is? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I think the first, again, I'm only like an hour, a year and a half in. I'm still in that phase where you're still grinding, working hard, doing extra hours. That's what's need to be done, I think, unless unless you're really super focused, efficient in your hours, which I'll be honest, I'm not. I, I tend to be focused and then have a drab of a day where I'm kind of, nah. um, you know, I look yeah, yeah, yeah. admit that. But you need to work the extra hours, whether that's to add to your clients, add to your candidates, do your extra admin, LinkedIn, for the first year at least. And then when you build your client spread, your, your candidate pool, and you can fill jobs like that, that's when you can start looking at it as less intense, more like a nine to five, nine to six. But for the first year, year, two years, you're looking at probably in a normal world, eight to seven, eight to eight, in my opinion. Interesting. And then talk to me about, so I feel like a lot of people can struggle when they make that transition from like candidate to do more client work. 
Because yeah. a, lo- a lot of people typically start with, obviously, I-, I started there where, yeah, you might deal with some clients, but it's existing clients. Um, but most of the time you're speaking to candidates. Yeah. What, what's been your, it seems like, like you said, the pendulum has gone towards clients now and it's something that you're building more and more confidence with. If I'm listening to this and I'm sort of early on in my career, I'm maybe now starting to do more client work or be expected to do more business development, pick up my own clients, like... Obviously, it seems like you're, you're obviously on the other side of this now or obviously still on that journey, but you've obviously maybe worked through maybe some of those initial challenges. Like, what would you, like, what's worked for you? What's helped you get better at that client side? Definitely. No, very good question. It comes back, in the face. I keep on mentioning it, but that business perspective, right? You've got to understand these guys. You've got to immerse yourself in their space. But also, I think what's helped me is let's say you're speaking, I'm just speaking hypothetically for my market now. You're speaking to an engineer. Uh, they're probably on about, they're probably more hands-on coding technical people. Go to speak to architects and managers first about a, a potential role. So speak to these guys as a candidate, understand yeah. their world, understand what they want and what their perspective is in terms of hiring. Say, look, you're, you're going to be in your next role. You're going to be hiring. For, uh, and Talk to them about this and you'll naturally gain more confidence You'll gain more confidence in speaking to these guys and you can go on the next call and frame that up to a client when you cold call them or when you yeah. speak to another client and flip them about a job. That's how I look at it. So start with the basics. You know, it's always hard going to beat cold BD, that, that that's just the world. So speak to pe- senior people as candidates first, understand, and then you'll get more confidence when you go on that BD call because you already know from the people that you've spoken to in the past what they like, what they dislike, what their challenges are. And you can sort of tell them your challenge, tell them the challenges then. And they really respect that because you're going in as a trusted advisor rather than someone who's saying at them. Yeah, I love that. So actually, when you make that transition, it, it's a good spend of time to actually, instead of straight away trying to speak to hiring managers and clients about, yeah, hiring needs, go in with that conversation, actually start your knowledge gathering and speaking to them from a candidate perspective. But obviously, yeah. yeah, that's BD time, obviously, because, yeah, that's, it, it that's interesting. Yeah. And obviously, you always hear around flipping, flipping hiring managers into candidates and stuff like that. But actually, that, that act of thinking back, that could, that's a really smart way to just, yeah, I think it's what you're, it's what you're saying. It's, it's giving yourself an opportunity to find out about these people's worlds. And when you do have more of that information, then you can get better at framing the conversation when you are then going with, hey, we solve these typical types of problems. Like, is it worth having a conversation around your hiring needs and, and when you are doing that BD stuff? It's um, very smart, right? I think what you've got to do on that perspective as well, let's say you get a Pete, let's say you're speaking to a senior candidate and you understand, you, you speak about the business. So you're speaking to an architect, for example, in my world, they're saying that they're on the staff, short staff, they use XYZ as a partner, like a KPMG or yeah, yeah. whoever it is. You can then go to that hiring manager that you know is their manager and say, look, I know this like project. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I can add value here. Uh, I know a lot about what you're looking for. I've got a guy here who does X, Y, Z. It's really building up the candidate side and then taking that to the clients. But that flipping back, I'll be honest with you, that's how I get every bit of my success in the market. You know, I'm not much, we're not much of a cold calling. We're very much flipping back, understanding the, the, the business. And then that's how we resulted in massive accounts. Well, I have, sorry, I should say. Yeah. Talk to me about, I guess, just before before we finish, last couple of questions. 
So what about, so like you said, one of the things that really piqued your interest was like the potential of like earnings and stuff. Don't have to give me like the exact things, but like obviously sometimes people can be really like sort of wooed by this or like, like a lot of people want to know, can I actually earn 40 grand in my first year or whatever? Obviously you're six months in with Interex, right? But like yeah. from, from what you've experienced so far, like, again, there's nuance here. Depends how hard you want to work, your market, all these types of things. But if I'm listening to this right now and I don't know, yeah, I'm looking at opportunities to get into recruitment, can see the basis, the basis around 20, 25 grand in between there, but the OTE is 50, 80 grand first year, 30 grand. Like what, from your experience so far, what would you say is like a realistic achievable number in that first year that maybe you're aiming for, or just from the context that you've experienced so far out of interest? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not aiming, you know, I'd love that 100 grand or anything, but it's very, very, very unlikely that's going to happen. You've got to look at that as year two and year three. The first year yeah. is about building. I wouldn't even think about the money in the first year. I, I'm still not thinking. I love that. I don't, yeah. yeah, I'm not thinking about that right now. Build all your information and then in the second year, let it explode. You know, build up your candidate spread and then just follow the process. The money will come. Um, but just focus on doing the outcome first. It, it's a patient game, you know, especially in my world. The, the USA, it takes a lot longer to build up, but the fees are so bigger. So look at it now as focus, focus, focus. And in a year, you'll be reaping the benefits. It's it's not all about the money. It's about if you enjoy your work as well. And that's that's exactly what I do. I'm not in this for the money. I, I love it. I love what I do. Yeah, no, I love that. Fair enough. But realistically, what, what are we saying then? If I grand forty grand, like what? What would you say to your mates? Like, I reckon if if you do if you work really hard, give it a crack. This is maybe what you might be able to earn, like realistically, in your opinion. Yeah. Well, for year. me, uh, for me, pro you're probably looking at about forty, forty-five, and then the next okay. year you can go on. But again, it depends on the market, right? You know, I'm doing yeah, USA, yeah, yeah, fair. yeah. Uh, USA yeah, yeah. cloud, for example, big fees. But whether if you're in the UK, lower fees. But you can probably get in quicker. It really depends. Yeah, yeah. But forty grand, I'd say. Yeah, I'd say, yeah, I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. So thank you. Uh, so look, last two questions. Firstly, then, I know I've sort of asked you this in a few different ways, but just, just to make this really practical, like yeah. top tips for success in the first six, 12 months of recruitment, what 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 are they from you? Good. Immerse, well, I keep, I've said it a few times, right? But you immerse yourself in the, environment, in the environment. Don't think about the money. Just think about sort of doing well. Um, hitting your KPIs initially because the rest of it, it sort of is like a bubble. It will follow on. Don't think like me. I'll, I'll be exact. I'll be honest. I, I was in my first time thinking, "Crap, where's the money? Where's the money?" It's not yeah. about that. It, it, it's about building up, Wrong focusing answer. on the process, and keeping. How do I put it? Just keeping humble as well. I think that's the that's the main thing. Just always willing to learn. Um, because Love that. the the thing is, when you're first in recruitment, you. You're not going to earn a lot of money. Let, let's be honest, it's very unlikely. So show your managers, show your bosses that you've got that extra layer, that commitment that you will in a year because it is all a money game for, for bosses, right? Yeah. And then final question, why obviously you always hear recruitment starts as an, a career as an accident. Like why do you think people should actually be considering recruitment as a career choice rather than an accident from your point of view? you're unlocking other business needs, right? You're, you're, not just, you're not just putting people in a role that if, if you're looking at it as that as a game, that's the wrong game to be in. You've got to look at it as you're helping a business, you're actually providing value and therefore relationships build, therefore you get more business, more money. It's a full cycle. I don't look at this as like a one-year job like other people have. 
I look at this as a potential career and stuff that you can do in recruitment is crazy, not only in money, but building your own business, which should be everyone's goal. Um, and then from there, um, the success just follows. But it is a career. It's not just a one year gig like a lot of a lot of graduates come in to do. Yeah, I love that. And man, thank you so much. I uh, really you. appreciate you coming and getting involved with this. Uh, I love, I just feel like that. I just feel like you're, yeah, just really committed to your career. I can sense just more and more confidence is building the way that you're talking about things. So excited to to see where you are in another year, two years time on uh, your recruitment journey. But thank you so much for, for coming on and, and getting involved. And I'm sure if anyone does have any questions or want to pick your brain or anything that, that you'd be happy to, to help and connect with your LinkedIn. Definitely. Please do. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you on making it to the very end of the episode i hope you enjoyed it I've done my very best to try and level up this podcast that will hopefully mean that you can take even more learnings from these conversations and apply it to your own recruitment career like always if there are any particular topics that you would love me to cover with future guests then please get in touch with me the best place to reach me is on linkedin send me a message what would you love me to cover with future guests and if you have enjoyed the podcast, then it would be amazing if you could leave a honest review in your favorite podcast streaming platform. That will simply mean that we're able to reach more people with this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget to subscribe completely free on your favorite podcast streaming platforms. And we'll be back next week with a new episode of the Recruitment Mentors Podcast.